Hello, podcast listeners. This is Jared Pickney. And today's episode is with Holton Smith, the founder and owner of Linux Insurance Company. During our conversation, Holton opens up about the loss of his parents, how to deal with grief, and how to help those who are experiencing their own grief. He also shares about his experience in starting a business, the importance of relationships, and so much more. With that, here's today's episode with Holden Smith. Like, truth be told, like, you don't know this. You're like, and I didn't tell Brooke this either. Like, you originally got turned down. So, like, she te- ah. she texted me and I told my wife, I was like, hey, so I got asked to be on the Paragool podcast. And she's like, oh, that's cool. When are you doing? I was like, I'm not. <laughs> like, I'm, <laughs> what made you turn us down? I was like, I'm not doing that. And she goes, why not? And I was like, what are we going to talk about? Yes. I was, I was like, you look, I said, I'm looking at the people he's had on here. And it's like, why would it like, why are they talking to me? Like I got, like, I got nothing. I got nothing to say. Dude, what's interesting <laughs> is we have so many people that say that. Like, right. I don't know if I've, I mean, there's a handful of people that they really do feel they have something to talk about. You know, like right. obviously Dan Stidham sure, when sure. he came on and then, but yeah, the majority of people who come on here are like, I don't know. Like, right. and what I always tell people is like, your, your story is interesting right because nobody else has lived your story right and that is that's the truth you know it's like our stories a lot of times are boring to us because it's like sure it's just i lived it i've been in the middle of it and it's like but someone on the outside looking in it's like huh and it's like the parts of our story sometimes that um you know if we've we've experienced hardship or we've Mm -hmm. experienced setback or we've experienced loss and i know you have like Mm -hmm. every human has sure even whenever we, you know, if we end up discussing any of those things, it's like you're going to have someone that listens that just feels less lonely. Right. And more like, ah, like that person gets me. Sure. And even that in itself is an encouragement to other folks. And so I'm glad you decided to uh, come on to give us, to give this a chance. So you're friends with uh, Blake, right? Who's been on the podcast. Yeah. Blake's been on here. Um, Big friends with Blake. So Blake, I guess my story with Blake is Blake was originally my boss at Sonic. And then whenever I opened up the insurance agency, I was like, hey, Blake, like you, like you need to come work for me. And at the Sonic over here, uh, over by tech over at the, Uh, at the old one. I had no idea. He was, was it with like a manager? Yeah. Like he, like he wound up running stores for him and stuff like that. Like Blake's one of those people, like you could drop Blake in the middle of nowhere and be like, Hey man, go be successful. And he's like, all right, give me a week. Like I'll be fine. I'll figure it out. Like I can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. What years were you at Sonic? Like, was that your high school, college, after college? So like 2010, 11, 12, somewhere in there. Like, you know, college days. Okay. Um, You graduated CRA in 2009, you said? Yeah, yeah. Met and then met my wife at, at Sonic and you know, worked for Blake and Dude, that was like the perfect job for you. Yeah. You met your wife there. Yeah. One of your friends who now works for you and you're right. Yeah. So it was one of those like whenever we first started the agency, I was like, Man, if I could get Blake, like that'd be huge. And for like a year it was, Yeah, no, nah, I don't I don't think so. I don't think so. And kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing. And called him one day, and I was like, hey, what if we did this? And he was like, oh, well, that's cool. I was going to agree to do it, like, next week at the other numbers. But, yeah, we'll take those, too. And I was like, that gummit, <laughs> You should have held out just God, a little bit longer. Like, it's been a year. Like, who knew I was getting you in a week if I'd have just kept my mouth shut? But, yeah. okay, like, well, I guess we'll do these numbers. That's great. <laughs> so, you know, it, 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 it worked out. So That's cool. Well, I want to talk about Linux here in just yeah. a little bit, but I want to back up first and talk yeah. about, uh, so you're at CRA. Yep. Uh, would you go there your entire? Yeah. So, you know, my parents, I'm an only child. Um, and mom and dad just for whatever reason, couldn't wrap their brain around the idea of dropping you off with, you know, three or 400 other kindergartners. Mm -hmm. And it was, I get that, you know, we're going to, we're going to do the CRA thing. Did it, you know, K through 12. 
you know, had a had a great experience. Like, it, you know, love it. Now, my kids are dominated impact. seventh grade basketball, right? I mean, we were we were good, and then you know, West Livingston transferred to Tech, and other kids grew, and the next and you thing didn't. you know, and I didn't like I didn't grow anymore. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, okay, so this is what it's like to be the same height for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> this is, so this is you, disappointing. Were you the center in seventh grade? So by, so by seventh grade, like. Wes was already massive. Um, we had another kid on the team, a guy by the name of Tanner Smith, who was the same height he was going to be, I think, pretty much for the rest of his life in, like, the fifth grade. So it was like we had a we had a real solid, like, three, four, and five as far as, you know, small forward, power forward, center. Um, and then two of us didn't grow, and the other one, you know, grew to be six, five, six, six, and went to Tech and won state championships and, Dude, that you know, found his thing. that dominant. Yeah, for sure. Was that – was that the team that won state? Was that the same year you graduated like from CRA? I think so. I think Wes. I you think that's you were right. Oh nine, oh nine. Because the you know you get the the Schuyler Bowling years there where they win they win a couple and then I think Wes and then wound up winning one on on his way out. So I mean it was a deal like and their baseball team won yeah, state right around there too. Yeah, yeah. I mean they had a run there for a little bit where everything they touched turned to gold. Like you know they were just they were good at everything and then. You know, it's every it's all cyclical. Like, you know, you, you get you get kids that you know, can play and the right kids transfer and the next thing you know it's it's on a run and, and it can't be stopped. So Yeah. Tech has been pretty good, it yeah. seems like at basketball, uh ever since even Bowling left. I don't think yeah. they have very many down yeah. down yeah, years no. at all. So you graduated oh nine mm-hmm. and you went where, Arkansas State? Mm-hmm. Yep. Spit. Did you know what you wanted to do whenever you went to college? Not really. Not, I mean, not really. Like it's this. I've come from a family of people who are successful, like, and and all in their own way, and all in their own endeavors and stuff like that. And yeah, like, in what way do you mean? So they just they have it together. Like, like they have it together. Like, you know, one of your goals growing up is to not grow up and be cousin Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you just don't want to be the guy who's left out. Like, like yeah, you don't yeah, want to be the guy yeah. who's left out. Um, but they just like they 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 get it and they they have it together and and they're successful and you don't want to be the guy that's not and they, you know and there's some pressure that comes with that when you're a kid and you're like I don't you know I don't want to be the guy in this family that doesn't you know doesn't succeed and doesn't do anything did you, you know, pick, with did, his you, life. did you feel that early on um in your life like that drive to succeed I also have a lot of that in me, sure. uh, whether you, you know, the different personality tests, like right. all, of my, all right. of my personality tests, whether it's like Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, Culture Index, all of those things, it's like, oh, like I'm really driven towards success, right? right. Uh, performance, right. I want whatever I do, I want to do it really, really well. Right. And I can look back at my life and see like where that came from, like and at what point that really began to surface. Like, right. do you look back at your life and see that early on? Yeah, so... My dad had a, a a work ethic, and I didn't get it. Like like I like I want to succeed. I did not get his work ethic at all. Like it's it's on another planet. Like that was a dude that thought it thought every day started at five a.m. and like you went till you were done. Was the like, same like, my dad. Like you, you just you just went till you were done. Like I mean, my dad was a truck driver, so his shop was right outside of my bedroom window growing up, and. Most mornings, the thing that woke you up in the morning, and I mean, as a kid, you rolled over and went back to sleep because mm-hmm. I ain't getting up at five in the morning. Mm-hmm. But the thing that, that the first thing you heard every morning was his truck fired up and he left and he went and, you know, he would leave when it was dark, come home when it was dark. Like he just, he believed in work. Yeah. That's what he did. Yep. Um, 
you know, and and so you got the impression early on, like, hey, this is like this is what's expected. Work is like, very important. Like, like you're going to work. Yes. Like you're you're go- you know, and I mean, was his parents that way too? Like when yes. you look at your grandparents? Yeah. So like my uh, his dad was a uh, was a preacher, and so I can remember here in town or yeah yeah. So at the uh, Newton Street Church of Christ okay. over on, and, and like they had moved around. So like whenever my dad was a kid, like they started out here. And then left and went to Troy, Missouri, which is up around St. Louis. And then whenever my dad was in his teenage years, they moved to McGee, uh, okay. Arkansas, and stayed there for a while. And then in the early, mid-90s, everybody wound up back here. Um, so, I mean, I grew up around my grandparents. And, and, you know, different kind of work. Obviously, preaching and truck driving, not the same, not the same <laughs> profession. But um, I can see some similarities. Yeah, yeah, so. sure, sure. But, I mean, I can always remember, like, my granddad – he took his work serious. Like, like he, you would be sitting there and he'd be sitting there studying and he'd be getting his sermons ready. And, yeah. and like, it was, it was intentional. Like he, yes. he meant it. Like that's, that's what he was going to do. Like he didn't. He threw his whole heart into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he did it for gosh, 40, 50 years. Like, Jeez. I mean, it, you know, that was, that was his thing. That's, wow. that's what he wanted to do. At, yeah. And you said it was Newton Church of Christ here? N- Newton Street Church of Christ. Okay. I've yeah. never heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's over, um, you know, I'm sure you've heard people talk about Miss Roberta's store. Over by the Ram Academy, and it has okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. so the church sits over there by the Ram in the area of the Ram Academy and behind ah. that store and all of that. So, okay, you know, that's where he was at, you know, for you know, as long as I can remember, 93, 94 on. So, but he's got an incredible work ethic. Your yeah. dad's got an incredible work yeah. ethic. Yeah, Is, was your mom in the same world as them, or was she like more of a so my mom worked at uh, whenever I was first born, my mom worked at Donovan Cotton Company, which is no longer here. It was an outfit based out of Memphis. She worked there till I was eight, and then she came home and was a stay at home mom. Mm. And then, you know, dad gets sick, dad dies, mom's got to have a job. And how old were you when your dad died? Uh, 16. Mm. 16. He had a stroke in January of 2006, um, which was, I mean, it, talk about life altering i mean you've got a guy here that you're a single income family you're self-employed um he's like he's the guy like and and he wants like he wants that he wants that pressure he wants to, he wants to be the guy um mom is staying at home at that time yeah yeah mom's staying at home um you know as a kid you're kind of in this you know sort of coming of age period where you're yeah. you know you're 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 15 16 you 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 know you know everything like mm-hmm. just just somebody all anybody needs to do to know how the world should work is ask you um and and you know everything just kind of goes poof in in, in you know this quick instant and you know at, at 15 you're goofy and sit there and go well can't get any worse was he complete was he healthy up to that point as far as we know, um, once once he had the stroke, what they found out was he was apparently born with like a pin sized hole in his heart. Jeez! That they had, you know, they had missed for forever. Like there, there had never been, you know, that they had never found it. They had never really looked. There's for no it. complications, really. No, yeah. and really, even after the stroke, they didn't figure out so much that the pin sized hole was there until they had to start looking for what caused it. Because it's like. Blood pressure is not so he didn't awful. die immediately from no, the stroke. No, so he had the stroke in 06, um, went in in the fall of 06, um, right after Thanksgiving. So I guess, you know, fall, winter, um, week after Thanksgiving, goes in. Uh, they do open heart surgery, uh, clear out some blockages, sew up the hole because um, it's like, okay, this, you know, obviously this thing can't continue to be here because it's already led to a stroke once. If we leave it, we can't sure. guarantee this thing going to turn, you know, cause another one. So, go in, do the blockages, sew up the hole, 
Um, and that's the first week of, of, you know, December in 06. And last week in January of 2007, he has a massive heart attack and dies. Just right there. Yeah, and kind of what they could come How up. old was he? 44. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Dude, that's yeah. four years away from me. That does not sound right? like so young. Right. So something that will really trip you up if you're, if you're someone whose parents die early. Um, for me, like I kind of measure time in like how old my dad was at this point, like wanting to make sure I make it past 44. Like, because the, you, there is that part of me that's sitting here going, you know, I'm 33 years old. If I'm like my dad, I got 11 more left. Like, and, and you want to make sure that you're leaving something like, like, like you're, you, you know, that, that your, that your kids remember you, that, that, that your wife, you know, if she winds up in that situation, cause you know, he, he was great. Like he was a great husband. He was a great dad. Um, that that can get kind of trippy yeah. whenever you start sitting there going, well, I'm close to the age my dad was whenever I was born, when my oldest child was born. And you start, and you know, self-employed and the stress and the this and then that. And you start going, all right, like how do you make sure you've got more of these? Yes. Um, so what they really found out kind of after the fact and, and what everybody came back to was whenever they sewed that hole up, his body had adapted to having that. So whenever he went into tachycardia, there was nowhere for that excess pressure to go, and that's the end result. So, Jeez. you know, that, that happens in, oh, you know, January of 07, you know, mid, mid late 06, mom had gone back to work um, at the bank. Uh, it mm-hmm. was Bank Corp South at the time. It's Cadence okay. now. She was out at the branch that is now the, the liquor store out by Tenneco. Um, and she had gone back to work. And, you know, I mean, it, it was a struggle. Like, it was a different like, – it's, it's a different economic what biggest, status. What was the biggest change you feel like in your family, like, at that point? I mean, obviously, that that's a huge yeah. life event. Yeah. Like, what did you – looking back at it now, like, what would you say was the biggest change, obviously, and just – obviously, the, you know, your dad wasn't physically right. there. Right. But other than that, like, what was the, the noticeable difference for you? It, it was this different situation in that, in a lot of ways, because you are 16, because you can self-sustain to a certain degree, you kind of go from being a kid to there are expectations of you. Like, like there like there are things you are going, like, you need to mow the yard. You need to learn to do this. You need to learn to do that. Like, whatever it is, like, you know, you're, you know, mom's big thing was you're not going to be helpless. If something happens to me, you are not helpless. Mm. Um, yeah. So you're going to. She realizes now that just yeah. the fragility of like, oh man, life yeah. is. I yeah. can go like that. You know? Exactly. Exactly. So you know, there's there's a lot of of eggs put in the basket of like, hey, it, it's grow up time. Like, and and really for, I didn't realize it until. And it's funny. I actually had a conversation like this with my dad after my dad had his stroke. My granddad made me drive him everywhere. You know, I was 15. I had a permit. But, like, before that, you just hopped in, you know, you hopped in the car with Grandpa. And now then it's like every time you get ready to go somewhere, he's like, no, you drive. What was that about? So I asked my dad. I was like, hey, what, what's he doing? Like, and he was like, he's making sure that if something happens to me, mm-hmm. you're, you're a big boy. Like, you're, you're a big boy. Like, and it's, it's looking – it sounds morbid, but it's looking yes. out for, like, hey, here's the situation we're in. You know, Grandpa's sitting there going, I'm not sure he's going to get better. Like, and, and ultimately wound up being right. Like he, you know, he didn't, um, there's this, there's this kid here 
to prepare and, you know, pour into and to make sure that, you know, he's he's ready if it does happen. Um, and that kind of became the thing of like, you know, you've got you've got to start preparing to be to be an adult. Wow. Uh, in your teenage your middle teens, yeah. is it 15, 16? Yeah. yeah. Around then. Chris, you, you, you he was making that statement. Chris lost his mom when you were how old were you, Chris? I've been twenty eight. Okay, it's twenty eight. She was you, 40, she was forty nine. So, do you find yourself doing the same thing with the age? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I thought I saw you over there shaking your head, like, "Yep, yeah. I see." I'm kind of like measuring, like, "Okay, like mom was this." And, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it'll it'll really like it'll really trip you up because you're like, you know, if you're somebody that your parents lived old age, it's like, well, I'll yeah. probably live to old age assume. too. Like, yeah. yeah, like you know, and, and like in my case, like dad made it to forty four, mom makes it to fifty nine. Like, I don't have this pattern of yeah old age in my life where yeah. it's like i'm going to be around to enjoy my golden years it's it's one of those things where you sit there and you go hey man like you better like you better enjoy this now yeah because the idea that you know you're going to be here next week like that's yeah. that's not a foregone conclusion in your world no yeah. what was the grief process like for you at that age like i'm curious because you know we just had someone even in our church that uh, unfortunately lost his mom teenager <laughs> and and i just have been curious like how do you how did you deal with that as a teenager did you feel like you dealt with it well is it like what what did that look like so for you? mixed bag like didn't go out and get in trouble like like didn't didn't fall into that trap but very much you know very sarcastic very very smart aleck very not into authority um you're not my dad i don't have a dad like and i didn't have that issue with mom but as far as like school stuff like that it's like i you know who are you going to tell on me? Like, 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 yeah. you know, I mean, who, who's going to come up? Cause you're here kind and, of moving into the adult. Yeah, you're kind of the yeah, man of the house at that right, point. Yeah. Right. Right. And, but you go back to school and you're another one of the kids. Um, and fortunately for me, so dad dies whenever I'm a sophomore. Um, we got a new, uh, school counselor at the beginning of my junior year. Um, lady by the name of Cammie Barkley, who, you know, hopefully she hears this, but tremendous, tremendous help. Like I didn't realize I was talking to her. I didn't. Uh, I didn't realize she was helping yeah, me. It was yeah. never like, "Hey, come in and kick up your feet on my couch and talk to me about yes. you know how your life's going." I didn't. I didn't realize she was taking care of me. I didn't realize she was pouring into me. I didn't realize that I was the kid in the class that you know the counselor was paying attention to. Like I didn't know that at the time. Like I figured it out down the road. Sure. Um, but just you know looked out for me, and then you know. Mom steps up, fills that gap. Like, mom winds up, you know, she spends some time at the bank and then winds up at Pigle Lightwater and Cable. And back to the work ethic thing, mom goes out and makes a life for herself. Like, you know, after after being a stay-at-home for eight years, not not that there's anything wrong with sure. that. Like, like my wife's stay-at-home mom. Like, it's a hard it, job. It's a, I don't want it. Yeah, I don't want it either. Like, after Christmas was yeah. over, I was like, man, I'm glad you're <laughs> yeah. dealing with him I'm going to go back to work yes. so I can get a break. Yes, yes. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um but mom goes out and makes a life for herself and keeps getting promoted and keeps getting raises and keeps busting her tail and, and makes something out of it. You know, after you think just straight up off of work ethic. I think there's a lot of that. I think, I think there's a lot of it off of work ethic. Now then they were both like super smart, super okay. smart, super talented. Like, you know, mom could do anything. Dad, dad was not going to be at work. Like just straight up. Yeah. What, but he was also one of those guys that like fixed his own truck. And changed his own tires and loved all that stuff. It's like, you know, you, you'd see him get up and on the weekends. It's like, where are you going? Wash my truck. Like, mm. go change my tires. Go do this. Go do he that. He didn't sit still. No. Yeah. No. Like, I mean, these people are like, I grew up, you know, sitting on the couch with my dad. And it's like, 
I grew up in the shop with <laughs> yeah. my dad. It's like, hey, yeah. like, you're awake. People's you're like, what was your favorite shows your dad used <laughs> right, to watch? Like, right? uh, yeah. yeah, it's like uh, I used to change brakes on a dump truck. <laughs> like that was that was a bonding moment. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, I mean, but like we had. So I grew up on ten acres. Like we had four wheelers. We had you know, my dad had race cars. He had motorcycles. Like it was, huh. you know, life at high speed. And yeah. that's that's what he liked, and that's what he wanted to do. And you know, we kind of you know we spent a lot of time with his hobbies and, yeah. and, you know, it was cool. Like, it, yeah. it, you know, I didn't realize that everybody's dad didn't have a race car that I went into, you know, Carly's Ridge <laughs> yeah, Grand dude. on the way in. Like I thought that was yeah, whatever. Your life did. is your yeah. normal, right? Yeah. It's just like, it's the way everybody yeah, is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, they were just determined to succeed. Like whatever situation you handed them, it was like, all right, we're going, we're going to figure it out. Like we're going to succeed and we're going to take off and we're going to go do this. So your mom starts climbing up at PLWC mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. And so she's there. Is that all through your high school career? Or is that after you graduated? So she gets there after I graduate. Um, she's there and starts climbing um, and was there from, gosh, I think she was there like, it was more than 10. I'm not sure if she was there for 15 or not. I think it was more than 10, but less than 15 okay. years um, before she before she passed. But, you know, just went and did the thing, man. Like went and figured it out. Like, you know realized hey i've got to go back to work i've got to go do this and we've got to eat and went and did it um and you said she passed away when she passed away in 2022 2020 was that sudden sort of um i I mean i would say yes we had more time to prepare for that than we did you know i guess more or less time depending on how you look at it so she had all throughout 2021 she complained about her back probably starting that summer but that wasn't unusual. Like, she'd had back problems my whole life. Like, once or twice a year, you know, mm-hmm. mom's back would go out. She'd be laid up for a couple of days. Like, it was part of it. Like, it was mm-hmm. just, it, it was normal. It didn't normal. see anything out of the normal. Yeah, yeah, nothing out of the normal. And just, you know, just keeps, she keeps complaining about it. And then she starts missing family events. And it's like, hey, dude, like, you, like you got to go to the doctor. Like, mm-hmm. sums up. Like, you, like mm-hmm. you got to go get checked out. And woman hated the doctor like hated it like like the definition of white coat syndrome like i don't want to go i don't want to know what's wrong with me if I, yeah if i go they'll pick something yeah. like, be, and it's like you know, i just keep moving forward yeah. like it's probably gonna be okay yeah. exactly exactly so you know finally the week before christmas in 2021 it was like hey you're going you're going and i'm taking you and this isn't optional and we get her there and the first thing they do is ship her off to icu like, and I was like, golly, like, what is going on here? Like, um, and come to find out what we found out, you know, in the, the week we were in the hospital is she had breast cancer that had mm-hmm. already metastasized to the bone, which was the Jeez. back pain. Um, and then ultimately it wound up in the bloodstream. Mm-hmm. And so found all that out like the week before Christmas. And then she dies uh, January the 5th of 2022. So, God, dude, January is not a fun month not for a, you. And here we are. No yeah. one you didn't want to come to the right, podcast. Right, I'm Like, not, I know what you yeah. guys are doing. You're going to bring me on the podcast. I'm going right. to talk about it. Right. Parents. Yeah, January is just not my jam. Like, I don't, I don't. Do you, you know. feel that? Like, does, like, do you feel that in your body? Like, in your, just your mind, all I that just, when January rolls around? Yeah, like, I just, it, it's almost like a, a shoe dropper. Like, you're just, like, you, like, you just spend, like, 31 days going, I can't wait till February. Like, life doesn't, like, life doesn't suck in February. Yeah, <laughs> like, when you say like, a shoe dropper, do you mean, like, you're waiting for bad news? Yeah, like, what's going to happen? Like, 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 like what's going to happen? Because it, it almost sounds goofy if you start going through it. Like, you know, my dad had a stroke. My dad died in January. My mom died in January. My, so, 
weird, you know, coincidence, whatever you want to call it. My granddad died at, like right at 10 years to the day after my father had his stroke also in January. And it's like, gosh, man, like, can we Dang. just get, like, can we just get to February? Yeah, like, seriously. like, can we change this calendar where it just says 11 months in it? Like, yeah, like maybe like me feel better about it. Absolutely. That is crazy. Yeah. I don't, yeah, it's a, it's a weird, like, it's a, like, I don't know if anybody else has lost, I don't know if they're out there, but like, yeah, I lost a mother and a father as young as you in the same month, but like a different, like not like yeah. in a car wreck or something. Yeah, completely. Like, yeah. And then like a grandfather, it's like yeah. around that time. Yeah. You talk about the other shoe, like, did that, uh, did you feel that at all after your dad's death? Like, did you start feeling that way? Like of like, oh man, like life can change like that. And you're yes. just kind of waiting for like, a little bit, like a, a little bit. Like, I, I mean, you, you try not to look at it that way because if you do, like you can walk out around and like, this is just, you know, massive state of depression. Um, just, just waiting for stuff to go wrong. And obviously you don't want to do that, but you know, I think the thing that happened for me is like for a 16 year old and probably even now for a 33 year old, like I'm very in tune with my mortality. Like, yeah. like, like I'm, I'm very in tune with the fact that one of these days I'm not going to be here. Um, and that, you know, uh, to some people that sounds morbid, but no. it's, but it's reality. Like, like, it, like it's reality for all of us. Like one of these days, yes. it, it, it ends and that's, you know, that's scary yeah. because obviously none of us want it to be today. Yeah. Um, the psalmist says, right. Teach us to number our days, yeah. O Lord, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Yep. So there's something about, there is a gift in, um, not that you would ever have asked for that, and you would—I know you'd rather your parents be yeah. here—but there is the 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 gift in that of like, okay, you talked about it already with your own family. Yep. Hey, yep. I may not be here next week. Yep. So I'm yep. not going to take them for granted. Right. Right. And I think the thing I learned from my mom is you can't roll over and die, like like just just be, like because she didn't like you know I mean and we didn't. I'm not going to say we were one of those families that did a great job of talking about what had just happened because I don't, I don't think we did. Right, like, sure. like I think it was like my dad dies on a Monday and a week later she sends, like we've had a funeral. She sends me back to school. She goes back to work, to work. And yeah. it's like, we got, like we got we to survive. Like, we, we got stuff. Yeah. Like, like we got stuff. Like you need to go play soccer. We need to go do our thing. Like we need to get back on the horse because the world's going to keep moving. Yeah. Like, and we can either participate with it or we can sit here and, and wait for our turn. But like, and it truly was a matter of survival for your family. Yeah, for sure. She had to work, right? Yep. What do you think is like, and I think, that's probably the norm. Like looking back, what have you learned from that about maybe even um, when it comes to talking to other people about grief? Because I know mm -hmm. you've had friends that sure. have had their own. Obviously, sure. Blake, right, yeah, is yeah, like you've gone through. Sure. I'm curious, like how did that train you for how you deal with other people and help them when they're going through hard times? So I think it makes you very understanding. I think it makes you, I think the other thing that happens is if you let it, it makes you very approachable. Um, because, you know, when situations like that happen, you've got two options. You can embrace it and, and you can learn from it and you can turn around and use it as, you know, a gift to help other people mm -hmm. or you can ignore it. And, yeah. and man, my approach to it's kind of always been like, you've got to embrace it. Like, like, you know, you've got to, you, you've got to be available for people. You've got to be there for people because you've been through it, and maybe they haven't. Maybe this is their first go with it. Um, and I think the the one thing that, that I learned through it was whenever people are grieving, you almost have to let them feel however they feel. Absolutely. Like, if they don't feel like it's fair, it's not fair. If they don't feel like it's right, it's not right. If they're – and there will be some 
folks who are religious that hear this and kind of cringe at this. If they're mad at God, they're mad at God. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. like and, I, and I know that they're... And God can handle that, yeah, by the like, way. Like he's like, a, like, yeah, go he's read a big the boy. Psalms yeah, sometime. Like, yeah, yes. like, like he can handle it. And yeah, it's yeah. like, wh- wherever they're at, like it's not about trying to make their grief something else. It's getting them through that stage. Yeah, 100%. Um, Do you think that's what that uh, school counselor did for you without you realizing it? 100%. 100%. Because like we never... I do not remember her ever going. So tell me about your dad. Like I don't remember it. Like it because no, she I, was I, trying to be like, oh, that's great, right? Yeah. Okay. Then tell me about your yeah. father. Yeah. No, like, it was it was just like, like, hey, yeah. like, what are you going through? Like, you know, are you, are you good? Like, and if I'd get, you know, if I'd get in trouble or something like that, she, you know, hey, are you good? And, and and it was more of those conversations as opposed to you can't do this, you can't do that. Like it, it wasn't ever this like, hey, we've got to rein you in and get you in a box. It was like, hey. You feel like she provided a safe space there for her for you to kind of be yourself and not feel judged. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's huge. And, and like, and I've never forgotten it. Like, she like she's one of those people that I I talk to to this day. Like, you know, whenever my mom died, we hadn't you know me and me and Cammy hadn't seen each other in in a few years, and you know you're standing there at the visitation, and then she walks mm. because those those people don't forget you. Like those people don't forget about you. They always. They always come back. They're always there. Did you find it true to, like, at the visitation, and I've only lost grandparents. Sure. I've not lost it, but, like, um, Chris, this may be you, too, because obviously, but, like, did y'all find it, like, to be true of, like, you didn't necessarily remember everybody that came, but you did remember some people that didn't come that you thought would be there? Is that, or is it more of, like, the opposite of where you're like, no, I just remembered everybody that was there? Personally, I remember how many people were there and how amazed I was. Yeah, see, for for me too. Like, it's never. I don't remember anybody that didn't that didn't come. It was the outpouring. It mm. was the the you know, you know. I mean, I can remember. You know, my dad's was, gosh, standing room only at the old Mitchell funeral home, and some poor lady because it was so hot in there passed out in the back. And but, was it true of you guys, like when they're there, of like, maybe you don't even remember a thing that they said. But that wasn't the important part, like that, because you know you always yeah. hear like, "Hey, it doesn't even matter," because you know you're going through that line, and it's awkward. It's awkward. It is. You know, it's awkward it for is. you because yes. it's like, yes, I don't even know some of these people, and it's yes. like I've already told a hundred people, like, "Oh, thanks for coming," mm-hmm. and oh yeah, we're good, mm-hmm. and you know and all that. It's like, and you don't want to be that. It's like it doesn't really matter what you say. Yep. Just be there. Yep. Like, would you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I still find it awkward to be the person going through the line. For a different reason, I know what I say is not going to matter. Like, I, like I know that nothing I'm fixing to tell this person makes them feel a bit better. I know that my presence does. So it's like it's very much one of those things where you just kind of like you 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 say something, like try not to say anything dumb, um, just just say something and and move on. So what are some of those things that you say or that you would encourage people to say, like? Because death, I think this is, you know, not trying – I can go here with you because you understand yeah, this talk yeah, isn't sure, more, but it's like sure. death's a part of reality. Yep. Everybody who listens to this is going to lose someone, yep. whether it's this year or whenever. Right. What do you – What do you, and this is for you as well, Chris, because this is, you know, you're including that with your mom. And from you guys, from your experience, what are the things that you want to hear? And what are some of the things that you're like, please don't say that? Right, right. Mm. You have some of those? Yep. After the fact, I have one for sure. Okay, go ahead. So, like the the anniversary of her death or something like that, I'll have people. I mean, my mom died in twenty fourteen, so okay. it's yep. it'll be ten years yeah. this year. Yep. And I'll have people like go, "Man, I miss her every single day." 
I'm just like, bro, it's my mom, and I don't miss her every single day. Like, I forget. Right. Like, right. I get it. I don't miss her every single, and I know that that's just a superlative, but like the way my brain works, I'm like, I feel. Does like, it make you feel like I, I was? Feel like are you like I'm shamed? You love your mom. Okay, shame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I had a, but my college roommate, uh, he said, "Hey, I didn't know your mom super well, but all the times I got to meet her, I absolutely loved your mom." Yeah, and that's different. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I was I like, gotcha. that was so special. Yeah, yeah. I, I think going through the line, keep it simple. We're thinking about you. We're praying for you. If there's anything you need after the fact, let us know. Yeah. Um. Keep keep it quick. If if you've got now, then here's the thing. If you've got a a cool story, like if you've if you've really got a good uh, yeah, one, yeah, yeah. I'll like, never forget the time that I was yes. on the side of the road and your dad yep. stopped and he yep. helped me change my tire. Yep. If yep. you've got one of those, one hundred percent, like stop yeah. that line. That's those good. people will wait. Tell that story because they're going to remember that. That's good. And, and in a lot of ways, what you find out, and you would have never heard that story yeah. otherwise. No. And and exactly, that's kind of where I was going with that. Is the the thing you learn. When when a parent dies or when someone close to you dies, is there was there was the version of them that you knew that was in your life. Mm. There's the version of them from work. There's the version of them as a spouse. There's the version of them as a sister, a brother, whatever it is. And those are very different. And that's really where you start to learn. You you, you almost learn more about them in their absence than you ever did with them here, mm-hmm. because no one felt the need to tell you. Your mom made me feel great when we were younger when she did this. Because that's yep. that's a reflective thing. That's not a now thing. Yep. Um, and, and after the fact, like, I- anytime you've got stories about somebody's loved ones that they don't have anymore, share those. Share, mm-hmm. Like, don't assume they know. Like, don't assume they know them. Don't assume they remember them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, my mom at times would even say, like, well, you know what your dad would say? And it's like, actually, I don't. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I actually, I'd like, like to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 like please, yeah. like, please tell me because, yeah. you know, I mean, there are certain sayings that, you know, parents have that you remember. And then there are certain things where it's like, no, like, I mean, yes, I had him till I was 16, but you gotta remember like six and under seven and under, like, I don't like you got some memories, but yeah. nothing like Absolutely. nothing profound. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. You, you got, this is, I guess, uh, some of the sayings that I've heard that make me cringe and like you hear it specifically in the, you're talking about the religious context or the religious audience. Like this is where you hear those, but those cliches, it's like, Hey man, you know, our loss is heaven's gain. Yeah. You know, or, uh, Hey God gained, he needed her more than you did, you know, or he, you know, God gained an angel or whatever, you know, or like you use Bible verses. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, Romans eight twenty eight says yep. God's working together everything for the good, brother. Yep. 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 <laughs> and, like, and, and, like, and, and that's like, not the time for yeah. any of that stuff. And, and, and like you hear that and it's like, you know, God needed him more than you did. And it's like, dude, I am sixteen years old. Nobody needs my yeah. dad more I'm than I do. I'm pretty sure actually God <laughs> did and he's doing yeah. okay running the universe yeah, without like, my like, mom in heaven. Yeah, like he seems to have done okay for a couple <laughs> yeah. thousand years. Yeah. Like I'm still sixteen. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. I'm still sixteen or or yeah. you know, thirty. Pretty sure yeah. I needed her more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, man, I you know, I mean, I get but I think the other thing you've got to do, and this goes back to, you know, having grace with people. No one knows what to they say. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to yeah. say. Like, I mean, you, you can sit there, you know, after the fact and, and go, man, that probably wasn't, like, that probably wasn't it. That probably wasn't the phrase. 
but they don't, you know, they don't. They're doing know. the best like, they can. Like, like, what, like, what do you say to people? I just like, had this conversation with a guy, I'm a chaplain uh, for Fearswick Allen Engineering. The guy just lost his mom, and and it was a little bit discouraged. He went back to work, and nobody asked. Yeah, yeah. And and, and he's a little frustrated. And we had the same conversation, right? I said, "Man, Carl, listen, like, they don't understand that you're always thinking about that right now, and they're thinking in their minds, like, well, I don't want to bring it up and make him get sad." You know, and I was like, well, they don't realize is you're always sad right now. Right. You know, and and he was able to realize that too yeah. and be like, yeah, yeah, they weren't like trying to be jerks. And But I, I go back a lot to the book of Job where it's like Job's friends were really good friends until he opened their mouth. Yep. Until yep. they started giving advice. Yep. On like, hey, let me just tell you, here's what I'd do if I were you. You yep. know, and it's like if if they would take the the, the school counselor approach yep. and just listen and be there and create a space for you to talk, mm-hmm. what you want to talk about and just kind of hold that in a safe space, like – Man, that's huge. And that frees us up because now I don't have to have the answers. Right. I don't have to have anything profound to say. Right. I just have to be there for you mm-hmm. and just hang out and let the conversation go wherever you want it to go. And yep. if you want to talk about your parent or your loved one, we will. If not, yep. that's okay, too. When I yeah. the Razorbacks, whatever it's going to be, yeah. I'm just here to hang out yeah. with you. And, you know, there was a book I read a couple of years ago on grief it's called Option B, written by Cheryl Sandberg, who was uh, at the time, I think, the CEO of Facebook. And her husband died of a heart attack on their vacation by running on a treadmill. Golly. And, um, and the whole book is just about, like, what she learned about grief and how yeah. to help people in grief. It's a fantastic book. And she said that, like, Kind of what you said, of, and, and and Chris, you've talked about this before too. It's like you nobody knows what to say, nobody knows what to do, but it's better to at least just try to do something mm-hmm. out of an act of like kindness and love than not try anything at all out of a fear of messing up. And so she right. said that like one of the most most like loving things anybody did for her during that time was one of her coworkers brought her Starbucks one morning. And she says, "I hate Starbucks," <laughs> right. but they didn't know right. that. They yeah. went out of their way, yep, grabbed Starbucks, yep. came to the house, just knocked mm-hmm. on the door and said, "Hey." Don't want to bother you. I just was thinking about you. I don't want to bring this by. So I didn't even drink it, but mm-hmm. I felt more love by that than anything else because yeah. of the fact they did something. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw a thing on Facebook. It's been months ago, but a lady was talking about her, like her go-to whenever she's close to someone who loses someone is she has a thing called, it's a list basically called grief groceries. And she just goes in to Walmart and goes on the app and junk food, Stuff they might need, you know, stuff like that. Plugs in their address, sends it, and says, "Hey, Walmart will be at your house tomorrow night at seven o'clock." And it's garbage, like it's it's junk, it's ho hos and oatmeal yep. cream pies, and you all know, all the stuff they probably want. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. like like it's grief food, like yeah, like yeah. It, it's yep. it's grief groceries, and yeah. it's like that's so like, that's and, awesome, and, and you read it and you're like, duh, why didn't I think of that? Oh, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. All- that's awesome. I want to be more like that. How do you guard against, and we'll we'll move on, so I do want to talk about the insurance company, sure. how they got started, but sure. I, one thing you said, talking again about the uh, waiting for the other shoe to fall, mm-hmm. like, I, I, you know, I've had a different, you know, times in my life where I've experienced loss, experienced some trauma, you know, dabbing down with cancer and, and, you know, different stuff throughout sure. my life. Sure. And I began to live a little bit with that mentality, mm-hmm. too, of like, um, to where what, what I've noticed, and I've really tried to grow in this area, and I'm curious like how maybe mm-hmm. you handle this because maybe I can learn from you here. And, and again, Chris, you can speak in this if you have sure. something. But like I tend to like – I don't go to extreme lows, but I don't really let myself go to extreme highs mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. joy seems really risky to me now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. So it's like because – uh, like one of them, for example, my dad got diagnosed with stage three, non-Hodgkin's mm-hmm. lymphoma on my birthday right before I'm about to blow up candles. Wow. Yep. And so we're yep. about to put the candles on the cake. Mom was like, the doctor just called us the report. We'll go there and we'll be right back. Yep. And they come back with, that's the news, you know, it's on my, on my birthday. Yeah. 
And so it's like, that's, that's a, a moment of joy, that's right? Rough. And you're like, yeah. all right, like, yeah. here we go, you know? And it's like, I don't, I didn't like that. And so I right. think it's like, a, it's almost like a, a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. It's a protector mm-hmm. that that I think keeps me at times living just like, again, not major, not depression, but just kind of flatline. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not depressed. Right. I'm not going to be like, life is awesome. Right. It's like, because as soon as you do that, right. like if you're up here, that's mm-hmm. a lot further fall. Sure. Than if you're sure. just like right here. Does sure. that make sense at all? It does. It does. I think the 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 couple things that I would say there, you know, the, the first question would be, is it worth it to miss out on the good mm. because you're just waiting for the bad? Like, you know, because here's the thing. I had a bunch of birthdays, right? Mm-hmm. They weren't all terrible. That's right. Like yeah. that one was. Like yep. that that one was bad. Like, like and I get that. But you, you can't. You can't let that paint that brush yeah, of my, you know, my birthday sucks. Yeah, well, it good. doesn't like it you, did you, once. It did once. It did once. Not the other thirty nine times. Yeah, the other thirty nine yeah. times were great. Yeah, you know, um, you know, that's great. Yeah. So you've got to look at it that way. And then the other thing too, and this has sort of always been my take on grief and loss and everything like that is, if it's that painful, it was worth it. Mm-hmm. If it's that painful. They were worth it. Like, like they they poured so much into you mm. that the idea that they're not here anymore hurts that bad. So then, looking at that loved one as a gift, yeah, like the positive of like, wow, yeah. what a yeah. gift, yeah, what but, a great part of life. That exactly, I had here. Yeah. exactly. And I think if you translate that and start looking around at your wife, your kids, your people. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big people guy. Like, I, you know, I hate whenever I hear, you know, people are turning on each other and we're divided and we're this and we're that. And it's like, man, you're not getting to know people. That's right. Like, like if that's, that's what you, the, that's yeah, yeah. the minority, uh, if, yeah. That, if that's what you think, like you're not getting to know right. people because at their core, people are good. Mm. Like most, but yeah, at, at sure. their core, most people are good. And it's like, whenever to, to me, you want to take that and, and look at your wife and look at your kids and go. I want them to miss me that bad one day. Yeah. Like if if that's where we wind up at, I don't want it to be a deal where they go, dad just kind of went through life. Like, right. Like, right. Like that 80% that like, like, like dad had 80% days. I I want it to be like, man, dad took me to Disney world and I thought he was four years old. Yes. Like, like I thought this was the great, like I didn't. You hear people say like, when I died, I want my kids to cry for me. And I'm like, why not? I do. Uh, Yeah. They better. Absolutely. (laughs) Like if your kids didn't cry at your funeral, You were probably really bad dad, right? Yeah, like I mean, I I have the I have very weird parenting goals, like for for what most people. Goal number one: make my kids cry at my funeral. <laughs> so goal number one really is though, like I hope whenever I'm gone, my kids think as much of me as I do my parents. Mm. Like like I I hope the day that I leave here, my two children think as much of me as I did of Larry and Julie. Like that, that's, that's, what are you doing to try to, uh, help accomplish that goal? So I spend as much time with the kids as possible. Like I, I have a, like I take Hudson to school every morning. So Hudson goes to Powell's, Austin goes to an in-home daycare. And it's like, if I have to sacrifice that taking Hudson to school in the morning, like I'm not a happy camper. Mm -hmm. Like, like, like let's build my schedule differently. Like if it's a deal to where like I'm having to do stuff that's, keeping me from hopping in the truck with her. And yeah. it, I mean, it's a five minute drive. Like it's, it's yeah. not like, it's not a big deal, but I want that five minutes yep. because right now she wants that five minutes. And mm-hmm. I know there's a day coming where it's like, dad's yeah. a, 
a doofus. Like, yeah, I do yeah. not want to be around him. He's a dork. Like, I don't like. He's, You'll cross he's that goofy. bridge when he gets there. And yeah. I'll cross that bridge. Yeah. But right now, it's like, are you taking me to school? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, what? Yes, absolutely. Um, You know, I mean, last night we sat in the, the floor and played one of the mix match games. She's four. She can't play the mix. Yeah. Like, she doesn't remember what we turned over. Yeah. So we just modified it and figured out Dude, how to. It's so how different to play. In, in our parents' generation versus our, like, yeah. this generation is. I do think our parents, and I thought like all of our parents, and they're like, there was something about like their view of, and, and that's, it's a great generation, but I do think there was, your your experience was pretty common and like, hey, if you want to hang out, come into my world. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Like I'm into racing, or yep. I'm into hunting, or yep. I'm into sports. Yep. Like, so I want you to, and I think what's once been one really good shift in this generation sure. is, and I think also very Christ like, which is like, I'm going to get into your world. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, even if it's, like, I don't necessarily love whatever it may be. Right. I, mean, I never played Legos growing up. Sure. My kids love sure. Legos. Yep. I want to get in that and play Legos, yep. you know. Yep. It's and, huge. And, and I think, to your point, like, looking back at, at both parents, like, mom was tuned that way. Like, mom was tuned to what is my, like, I didn't know my mom didn't want to watch Sports Center. Like, I wasn't aware of that. Like, <laughs> because if I had it memorized by noon, she did too. That's um funny. Like, I, I didn't know, like, I didn't know my mom didn't want to watch Monday Night Raw. I didn't. I, I, I didn't. Like, I, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know till I was older. I was like, Mom thinks pro wrestling is dumb. <laughs> like, she does not enjoy she this. She's trying to get in your world. Yeah. Like, like whatever it takes to be close to this kid. That's what I'm gonna do. And that's yeah. kind of like to your point. Like, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, hey, like whatever, like whatever it takes to be in your world. Like, that's, that's what. Cool, like, man. you know, that's what we're gonna be into. Like, you know, and and hopefully, you know, hopefully it pays off. That's super significant. So you you let's transition to talking about okay. the insurance company. Sure. And so like, because that all came about yep. around the same time you lost your mom. Is that right? So insurance company came about in 2016. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it, it's 2016. How yeah, was that? Yeah, yeah. So we've been doing this since February 2016. Um, and it was a deal to where, you know, one of my one of my first real jobs was working for uh, Kenny Ford. Kenny and yes. Beth, um, okay. love Kenny and Beth, great folks. Um, you were there sh- until when? Gosh, I don't remember. It's been a while now, like 2013, 2014, okay. something like that. Um, and, you know, lo- loved them, enjoyed what I did, but, you know, you're also in that, you know, early 20s. It's like, what do I, I want to be when I grow up? Like, am I, am I sure? Like, am I sure? Like, am I sure this is what I want to do? Um, went and sold cars, and I was like, I love this. This is the greatest job ever. Like, what I, did you like about it? Yeah, uh, the people. Okay. Like, like I, I got there and it was you know a bunch of young dudes like me mm-hmm. hanging out, selling cars, going out to lunch together, going out to dinner together. Like our wives were our were friends. Um, you know, me and a, a guy named TJ Carr became big buddies. Um, and we just you know for about a year we did everything together. Mm. And. You know, then the wife comes in and goes, "Hey, I'm glad like you're having a great time. Mm-hmm. You're never home. Yep. Like, like, like you leave at seven seven thirty and you come home at yep. seven seven thirty at night. And I was like, is that a is that a yeah. problem? Like, like it's because been like, a great day for me, yeah, babe. We yeah, talked about like, sports. Yeah, we went to some Chinese. Yeah, yeah, we rode around on the golf cart. And <laughs> yeah. Waited for people to show up. It was awesome. Yeah. Like, I love this. Like, why would anybody ever want to quit? And she was like, I I don't love this. Yeah. Like, this is not fun. Um, and I was like, okay, well, you know. I'm not real talented and I don't really know how to do anything. So finding a job is going to be difficult. Um, so went to work at AIG selling life insurance. Um, at the time in November of 
15. They still had a career agent model um, and started their first, another Januaryism. First of the year rolls around and they send out an email on like the second or something like, hey, we have an all hands on deck conference call January 7th. I was like, all right, whatever. Like never been in corporate America. I have no idea what the conference calls for. I set an appointment. I'm sitting out selling life insurance to a lady. Walk her out the door, thank her for her business, turn around and realize that everyone in the company, including me, has been fired this morning. Wow. And I was like, oh. January. Yeah, January. I was like, oh, this, all right, here we go again. Another, another January. This is great. Um, and they. Can't this podcast <laughs> right, is coming out in January. Right, this episode. right, right. <laughs> like, so, you know, they, now then I will say, like, I'd been there two months and the severance package was phenomenal for two months. Now then, if I'd been there 20 years, I'd have been livid about it but it's like hey yeah. like y'all are gonna pay me that to leave this is like yeah. this is great yeah. um and it's like so what I, what am i gonna do like, i don't know what to do and i was like i don't like i didn't like being fired that wasn't fine like i don't want to do that again so i got the bright idea that i would start my own independent insurance agency the problem with that was i had no idea how to do that so what made you decide like i think i can do that I thought I could sell. Like I, okay. I had sold. I had an insurance background. I had a car background. I was like, I think I could do. You know, well, and in my you know brain, it was like I'll write my family and friends and a few. Like I'll you know, it's never going to be anything big. Like like we're not like we're not looking to you know go compete with anybody or be anything special. It'll just be, it'll be me and I'll write you know the folks we know and you know it'll be what it is. It'll be it'll be a good little living and nothing special. Um, and Googled, you know, how to start an independent insurance agency and a lady's name by the name of Kim Carney popped up and I called her and I said, Hey, I said, you know, my name's Holden. I'd like to start an independent insurance agency in Paragold. Can you help me? And she said, sure. She said, you know, she's that, that, that was what, you know, that's her role in the industry. She helps people start agencies. And she said, well, do you know what you're doing? I was like, not a clue. I don't have a clue. She's like, well, you need an LLC. You need this. You need that. And like, kind of walk me through. Like, hey, if you're like, if you're gonna do this, you need to do all this stuff. And I was like, okay. So, did that. Got open. Still had less than no idea what I was doing. Like, you know, I mean, you're just you're just fumbling. You understood through. how to sell insurance. You're yeah. Just like, how do you run the business? Yeah, I got no. Yeah, I got and I got no clue how to do that part of it. Like the the business owner aspect of it is like I I mean I was around one. Like I grew up in a self employed household. Yeah. But as far as like nuts and bolts, they weren't like showing you like pulling yeah, you aside, no, like in between no. changing oil. And like, yeah, there we go. no, I mean, like I knew how to answer the phone. Like, yeah. I mean, I can remember as soon as you could read and write, like you answered the the, the house phone. It was crazy as that sound. You answered the house phone, and it's like, hey, Miss Jones needs a load of chat tomorrow. It's like, okay, great. Like, I mean, I could do that. But as far as like, hey, this is QuickBooks, and this is you know insurance and taxes, and it's like I don't know what any of that stuff is. Um, and sort of fumbled fumbled through for you know a little bit and then you know my buddy jace um tears his achilles playing men's league softball and i was like of hey like, like you want like you want to come hang out with me and sell some insurance this summer and he was like yeah yeah i'll do that and then he winds up staying like three years where were y'all at at that time so we were over in center hill and this old wood paneling shag carpet like you know not, not, not nice at all no 1970 threw up in there like i mean that's really what it looked like like it, like it was rough like you had to be careful when you walked into the bathroom like you didn't push down on the floor too hard or you'd go through it like it was, it was but 
it came furnished. Like the people who had moved out, like left their desks and all that stuff behind. So I was like, man, this is the place we got to go because we don't have any money to buy furniture. So like, this is it. Like, this is where we're going. Um, and you know, came in and, and, you know, we started, you know, we started getting after it a little bit. Um, he had a buddy You're just calling like, what's the, how do you, how do you do that? Like, you just calling yeah, people we're, like, like we're calling hey, you people. need insurance and I've got it. Like we're calling people like we're, you know, really trying to work off of our own like personal contacts. Um, right. you know, was, so you're calling someone for like, Hey, yeah. you know me, man, it's hold like you can trust yeah, me, dude. I'll yeah. take care of you and your family. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're, we're doing that deal. How and, much you pay over there? Let me show you kind of what we right. can do for you here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty much. That was that was the whole thing. Like we had no aspirations of like, hey, this thing's going to take off. It's not like not going to happen. Um, it's just going to be like now. There's going to be two of us that are making a you know nice little decent living out of this thing, and you know I get to hang out with my buddy all day. It's great. Right. Um, and then Jace had a friend, uh, Brad, uh, Brad Walford, and he comes to work with us. So now there's three of us. Everybody's commission only. Nobody's making any money. It's just like, but we're, like we're having a good time. Like you know, and it you know you can see it. Like you know, if you can get through year one and into year two, and it's like okay, it's building. It's going to take a little bit, but we'll we'll get there. Like mm-hmm. we'll we'll get there. And then you know, like like Jace is developing himself as a salesman and doing like what he's a way better salesman than I'll ever be mm. like way better. And I had like, at that point I'd already recognized that. I was like, he can sell. I, I'm not sure I can, but he can sell. Mm. Um, and then, you know, we'd started recruiting Blake right off the bat. And I was like, Hey, like we, like we could, we could use you. Like we could, we could use you. Still commission based at that point. Yeah. Still commission based. And so like, like you're, are you trying to sell them on the potential? Like yes. how does that work? Yeah. Like, all, like all you're so selling like if you're at that coming point to me, If you would have yeah. been trying to, what would you have said to me at that so, point? I mean, it, it was, it was about like, Hey, if you can give me three years and you can do this, this is what it looks like you'll make in about three years. Okay. Like, okay and they're cool. just trying to trust you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, so my, you know, Mitchell Weber posted on Facebook because I said this at our, our ribbon yeah. cutting the other day, but it's true. Like, my only real true talent in life is being surrounded by the right people. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like whenever I tell you earlier, like, I'm a people guy. Like, I'm a people guy. Like, there's, you know, I, I was fortunate. Like, I was born to Larry and Julie, and I was born into two great families. Like, bo- both sides of my family are, are fantastic people. Like, aunts, uncles, cousins, everyone, like, everyone loves you. Everyone's on your side. Everyone's on your team. You know, I was fortunate, like, because Chris Ford was my best friend. Kenny gave me a job. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, people, like, people pour into you. And then, you know, the beginning of Linux is just really me and my buddies. And and I'm fortunate, like, I'm married to the right person Mm -hmm. who whenever I said, hey, we're going to be self-employed, which means we're going to live with my mom. Yeah. And she's like, are you? Are you sure? It's like, yeah, yeah it's going to be great. It's going to be <laughs> living there the first time was yeah. awesome. You're going to love it. Like, like living she with loves, mom. She uh, loves Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Like, she watches ESPN. Yeah. It's great. Like, yeah. she cooks. Yeah. Like, it's awesome. You're going to love it. And it's like, well, okay. And like, most, most wives would have said, hey, man, like, absolutely. Like, I, I'm all for, like, if you want to chase your dream or whatever, but we ain't doing that. Yeah. Like, that ain't happening. Yeah. And my wife was like, oh, well, yeah. all right, we'll give her a shot. It's and the right person to yeah, be with you. Yeah. It's the right person to be with you, yeah. you know, going through what you're going through. And, you know, we Blake comes in, and you immediately see, like, Jason Blake feed off of each other. It's like, uh-oh, like, we've got something. Like, we've got – and it has nothing to do with me. 
Like, like, like. What do you mean they're feeding off each other? Is it like they're just in, inspiring one another when it comes to sales, or is it so like they're figuring out the business? They're inspiring each other whenever it comes to sales. Neither one of them wants to lose to the other one. Okay. They're, they're ultra competitive. That, like that, that kind of like Mamba mentality yep. that Kobe. Yep. Like it's yep. like you see that like these are two Type A's that are going to run through a wall for each, like to to beat each other. Yeah, sure. But they're on each other's side. Like, yep. like, like, like they're they're in sync, but they want to. Yeah. Nobody wants to be pipping. Yeah. Like nobody in this scenario it's, wants it's, to be it's, pipping. It's the it's the part of competition that makes us love sports, yes. right? It's just a yes. fun, like yep. good comp competition. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And, and you've got, you know, Blake sitting there, which is the first person we've pulled in that's got kids. So failure's not an option. Yeah. Like, like it's one thing like if you're early in your marriage and it's like, ah, we tried something and it didn't work. It's another thing when you've got kids in, in this scenario and it's like, we're trying something and it has yeah. to work. How do you make how did like how do you make money whenever it's like so how long does it take before you can actually make a livable wage if you're going off commission? Like, if I would have started there at that point, like, am I basically at that point, like, how you're just going to live off of savings? Basically. For yeah. however long yeah. it takes I mean, you to build up yep. to this amount? Yeah, I mean, basically, Jace was fortunate. Like, Jace was living at home, and, you know, it, he he was fine. Like, it was if it takes 12, 18 months, it's like... like how oh. many families do you actually need to make a livable wage? Like, if you're... Because this is so new to me. Like, yeah. if I'm selling insurance, how many how many customers do I need to have before I'm like, you could probably live off that? You know, I mean, if they were if they were in the right in ten to fifteen families a month, like they they were having they were having an okay month. Like okay. Like, like like we were we were making it. Okay. Um. So ten to fifteen families, what you're shooting for yeah. in the beginning? Yeah. And, and it's a situation too to where now then you've got these two, and I'm sitting there going, all right, now I know I'm not the best salesman in the office. Like I'm fully aware of that. I do need like I. My job now is to manage these two. Like my, my job is to manage these two and where they're headed and not get in their way. Like be here to assist, be here to support, but not stifle what they've got going. And it just and, and it takes off. They get the hang of it, and then you start. You know, you look back now and you see things where it just lines up for you. So they get their feet under them. We're taking off. We get access to a product where the rate's amazing. And say it again. The the price is amazing. Oh. To to the point of like if we're talking to those ten to fifteen families a month, we're writing them. Like like we How does that happen? How do you get like this reason? We got really lucky and one of our carriers rebuilt their platform. And whenever they rebuilt their platform, they rebuilt their rating system. And whenever they rebuilt their rating system, we were there primed, ready to take it on. Um, they wanted business and so did we, and it, and it, it, it lined up. So that's in 20, you know, 17 that lines up, takes off. And then we have another carrier do basically the same thing in 2018. So it's like, we've got this. Were you looking for them, like hunting for these carriers? So or just kind of fall in your one of or? them we had, and it was just a complete system changeover. The second one is. Another one of those, you know, you get lucky and the right people like you and you're in the right space. A guy by the name of Ben Burleson takes a job at a uh, at Progressive. Um, in Progressive in 2018, rolled out their home product. And we had played golf together at a fish fry. And at the time, he was with a different carrier or a different company. It, it didn't make sense for us to work together, but we hit it off. We liked each other. And he comes in, and it's his call on who gets this product, and it's his call on where what this distribution model looks like. And he called me at first, and he's like, "Hey, look, man, like you're not you're not going to be first phase. We're going to get it to you, but you're not going to be first phase." And I 
won an award a couple of years ago. Not that that part matters, but in the speech, like I said, this and and he may remember it differently. But if he does, he didn't tell me he remembered it differently. Then he called me and he said, "Hey, like a couple things. Like I just got this job and it's really important for me and my family. But we're going to give you this contract. So if you could not screw this up, that'd be awesome. <laughs> like if you could not, <laughs> no make, pressure. Yeah, yeah, if you could not make me look dumb, that'd yes. be great. And I was like, okay. He just believed in you. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and and I mean to this day, like I mean, you're talking when you're talking about Jason Blake and Ben, you're talking about three of the best friends I'll ever have in this world. Like, I, you know, I was born without siblings. Like, I'm an only child. Um, but I think you 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 find your siblings. Like, if if that, I think there's sometimes there's a beauty in that. Like, yeah. you go through life and you find your siblings. Yeah, we're you all find close before that job. Everyone except for Ben. Like 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 Ben's you know Ben's the one that we meet in the insurance business. But me and Jason Blake were or me and Jace and then me and Blake and now then it's the you know kind of the the trio at this point. What of do me. you think uh, caused y'all to develop such close friendship? So me and Jace are both only children, and I think only children sometimes look for other only children. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Blake, it's just a deal. Like, man, I'd leave my kids with Blake. I'd leave my wife with Blake. Like, you know, I mean, it, it, like like Jason Blake, now if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, like, hey, taking care of Jordan and my kids is part of your job. It's part of what you signed up for. Mm-hmm. But it's vice versa. Like, like, like mm-hmm. it's it's this un – and it's never been spoken. Mm-hmm. But, like, they know. Like, they know. I know. Like, I would – like, I'll take a bullet for you. Like, you're, like, you're my guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just this – there's this just belief in each other. There's this trust in each other of, like, we're going to – like, we're going to look out for each other. And and it's always it's kind of always been there, yeah. It's so what I'm hearing you say just is the success of the company to thus far has been about the right team, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of hard work, mm-hmm. um, be willing to take a risk, but also mm-hmm. a little bit of uh, a little bit of luck and the fact yep. that sometimes you couldn't control. But yep. also, you know, kind of what I think of is sometimes people complain about that saying, which is, you know, the cliche, but it's cliche for reasons. It's called about who you know. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's just all about mm-hmm. who you know. And there's a part of me that's like, yeah, that's right. Yep. But that doesn't just, it's not like, well, I know you and I think you're a bum, but because I know you, I'm going to give you the job. Right. Like the way that works yep. is you developed a relationship, yep. you built trust, whether yep. it's at the golf tournament or wherever. Yep. And I'm like, okay, I can go to this person I don't even know whose resume looks decent. Mm-hmm. Or I can go to this guy whose resume also looks decent, but I've talked to him. I know yep. his character. I know his. Of course, I'm going to give this guy the opportunity. Yeah. And I think that's so important. I had a guy tell me years ago when I was young, like, uh, hey, it's very important for you to build a network when you're young. Mm-hmm. Because not just will you be able to maybe help others. You'll have, yep. some, you'll have something that they'll need at some point, but you're also going to at some point have something yeah. that you need that yep. they have. Yep. You know? For sure. For sure. I mean, the thing about it is, is like who you know is what opens your doors. For sure. Like, like, like who, who you know is, is what opens your doors. It's what opportunities will eventually become available to you. Um, once the door is open, it's on you. But it definitely opens the door. And, and, and you know, the, the, more, the more you can invest in people, the more they're going to invest in you. Um, the, the more you can pour into people, the more they're going to pour into you. It, it's just to me life's the people business yeah like 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 we're in the we're in the people business like whether you know whether that's as an insurance agent a preacher or whatever it is like we're in the for sure people it's business. all about relationships yeah. man every bit of it's it all is. about relationships every bit of it is yeah so you guys now have how many employees that still just is it you three so jason blake have both 
moved on. Like okay. they're like they're uber successful um, in in what they do. Like Blake's a, a territory manager for Markel, does a great job. Blake's a, or Jace is a salesman at Gasway, um, does a phenomenal job there. Um, we Linux is up to three locations and nine employees. Wow. Um, so you know, in eight years. Wow. And so a good month at the, when you first started, you said like you're telling people what, 10 to 15 families. Mm-hmm. Is that still kind of the pace, what y'all shoot for? Man, at this point, it's probably closer to, you know, 30, 40, 50 clients a month. Wow. Um, it's a, it's a different, yeah, it's a, it's a different pace now. So how many clients around? Do you know how many Linux has? 3,000. Jeez. 3,000 across the locations. And you thought originally, if you're like, if I can get how many, what were you looking for? Oh, I mean, I was sitting there doing the math going, if we could insure like 250 people, we'll be okay. Like, like, like if we can, I can probably manage that and we'll be okay. And it'll probably take me, you know, four, five, six years to get there. But, you know, we'll be okay. That'd be a a good number, be a good living. We'll be all right. Yeah. Um, And it just, you know, you get surrounded by the right people and it, it takes off and takes all takes on a you know life of its own. Yeah, that's great, man. What do you think is the biggest thing you've learned, or what what would you tell somebody that maybe they're listening to this and they're thinking about starting mm-hmm. their own business? And that's always a risk, right? right. It's like right. Uh, like any advice you'd give to that person. So I think the biggest thing is stick with it, like stick stick with it, because you know it's easy to look back on all of it now. And go, yeah, I knew that was all going to happen. It was all going to work out. It was going to be great, yada, yada, yada. And the number of times, and you don't, you know, you don't want to talk about this as a business owner, but the number of times early on where you're sitting there, you're going, I can't, I can't pay my bills. Mm-hmm. I can't feed myself. Like, I can't, this is awful. Like, this is a terrible idea. We have no money, none. Um, and I think a lot of people get to that point and go, all right, well, it's, you know, time, time to throw to in the towel. Yep, like, yep. It, this was a cool idea. It didn't work. Like, it, And, you know, I got fortunate. I got an agency mentor out of uh, Phoenix, a um, guy by the name of Cameron Brown, that about every December for about three years, I'd call him and go, all right, this is it. I'm hanging it up. I'm like, I'm done. This is not fun. And he's like, just wait. Wait 12 more. Wait 12 more months. Just, just keep pushing. And finally he was like, well, are you glad you listened to me? And it's like, I'm glad I listened to you. Like, well, that's another big part. That's yeah. another big lesson there is humility. Like yeah. you, you were the kind of person who reached out yeah, and asked for help. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually a lot more rare. Right. Than you would think. Like, I think a lot of people out there are thinking, I've got to figure all this out on my own. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's probably somebody else out there who's further down the road who had to learn it the hard way. Right. Why right. would you make yourself go through all of that that right. they've already gone through in a phone call? Right. Exactly. Give you a lot of clarity. Exactly. And, and it's one of those, it goes back to everything in your life kind of connects. And you start to look at, like, because, you know, after the fact, I figured out that, you know, Cammy, the school counselor, poured into me, people are willing to pour into you. Like, yes, like, 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 people are willing to help you. Like, yes. sometimes they're not, sometimes they don't tell you they're helping you. Like, yeah. they're just willing to do it. Yep. And, and, once you learn that, like, that's a big lesson in life. Like, that's yes. a big lesson in life of, like, hey, people want to help. Absolutely. Like, 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 people want to do other people a favor. They want to do other people a solid. Yeah, which is good for them. You yep. know, it's like, yeah, I was talking to, you know, Bill Fisher has been kind of a mentor of mine and, and you know, one of the most, I'd say, successful people to, you know, come out of Paragould and, and it has, you know, 
been, you know, raised up 12 different bank presidents right. and, you know, ran Paragolot and Water for yeah. a while. Yeah. And, and anyways, he's told me, he's like, when I look back on my life, the things that brings me the most joy is when I was able to help somebody else. Yep. And he means that. Yeah. He's made tons of money and, and yeah. has, you know, was chairman of the State Board of Education appointed by, yep. you know, Bill Clinton and Huckabee. He's like, yep. being able to help somebody else achieve their goal yep. is the thing yeah. that I cling to the most. It's yeah. like, man, that's what life's about. Absolutely. So it's not a selfish thing. It's like, yeah, you're helping me, but it's a blessing for you. Yeah, well. yeah. I mean, the, the the success that the folks who have come and gone from Linux have had elsewhere, like, that's awesome. Like, I love that. Like, I, like, I love seeing that. Like, it's like, you know, and, you know, maybe I did. Maybe I maybe I helped them on their way. Um, yeah. You know, and for me, like, that's, that's one of the things is, like, you want to – about as satisfying as it gets is whenever somebody tells you like, Hey, like you, you matter. Like, like, like you, like you, you make a difference in my life. Like, yes. you know, um, and, and I don't think we tell each other that enough. Like, I, I know, I mean, I know I'm not great at it. Like you, we assume like, like, like we assume that these people know they made a difference and it's like, no man, tell them, oh, yeah. tell them they made a difference. How often, you know, you hear someone at a funeral say something like, you know, I never told him this, but he's the best friend I ever had. And right. I'm thinking, like, why didn't you ever tell him that? Right. Right. You know? Like, like, he, like, <laughs> like, why do you wait? And there's, yeah. there's such a like guy connotation to yeah. that too. That's like, Oh, like you can't, I like, can't tell your friends you love them. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, why can't right. you? Like, yeah, what's wrong? Yeah. Like that? Like they? Like they need to know it? Like, yeah. like what? Like what's the what's the big malfunction at the junction here? Like, yeah. like, tell, like, 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 tell people, yeah. like, we we treat kids like they matter. Yeah. Like, like, like we treat kids like they're the most special thing in the world, and they believe us, but we can't find it in ourselves to treat adults that way. Yeah, and it's like, man, somewhere in that adult is that you know two four year old kid, you know yeah. that that wants to be told they're. They're That's special. exactly right. And I think the the fear behind all of that is rejection. You know, Chris and I thought about that a little bit of like it's because there is that stereotype of like, because we've experienced rejection as sure, adults, sure. you know, it's like, I think that's, that's what holds us back. Like basically we're afraid of being alone. Sure. Like we're afraid like, okay, if I, if I go out on the limb and mm-hmm. I say something like, I love you or do like, mm-hmm. you're one of my good friends and you just kind of look at me with a blank stare. I'm uh-huh. like, that feels like, Oh, you don't really love me back. Right. Which then feels like we're not really together, which right. sort of makes me feel alone. So then what happens is you never say that. Right. Which kind of keep, makes you more lonely, yeah. which kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I think it's like, well, learning to walk through that shame, walk through that fear and be like, you know what? I'm just going to say that. Mm-hmm. And it, whether it's a dude, dude, whatever, like I love you, man, yep. I'm for you. I'm yep. so glad you're in my life. Yeah. You know, I missed you yesterday yeah. when you weren't, whatever. And so, and, and I think the other thing too is like, you know, we've talked about meeting people where they're at. Like some people aren't big. I love you people. Mm-hmm. Figure out what that is for them. Like, like, like figure out, how, like figure out what, figure out what you can say to them that doesn't make them uncomfortable. This says the same thing. Like, you know, I mean, everybody talks about the five love languages. Figure out like, you know, for some people, like the words are like, words are scary. Show me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like like, like words are scary or they don't mean anything or, or, or whatever it is. Just figure out how to meet, like figure out how to meet the people who are close to you where they're at. Yeah. That's great, man. Well, I've really enjoyed this. I'd love to move into some rapid fire questions because sure. I want to be mindful of your your time. Sure. So, um, we'll start with question number one. What is the last show or movie you watched or book you read? So the last TV show we watched was Ted Lasso. 
So good, man. Yeah, it's great. I love Ted Lasso. So He's good. awesome. Um, and the last book was a biography on Bo Jackson. Ooh. Is it a good one? Very good. Very good. I've been looking for, I went to the library recently trying to find like a good like sports biography or memoir that I can read at night. It's just yeah. light reading. I'll bring it to you. Okay. I'll bring it to you. Because I mean, it's one of those like. Is it like, it's, it's been old, right? No, it's so it's okay, new. Because like they have one at the library that's yeah, old. I actually yeah. saw one. And I was like, "Bo Jacks, I wonder if that's yeah. good." So it, it's neat because it's like three hundred and some odd pages of trying to separate fact and fiction. Because Bo is such this anomaly in the world. Oh yeah, that you know. I mean, they tell story. You know, there are folks that are like, "I'll watch Bo Jackson land it's 30 a plane." For 30s. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like it's like you didn't watch Bo Jackson land a plane, and like, the, <laughs> like all of his teammates are like, "No, no, no!" Like we did. Like we watched yeah. him land a plane, uh, and it's like, well, all right. Like if you say so. But no, it's fascinating. Uh, that's awesome. I I love that you're a Ted Lasso fan too. I'm sure for you, the scene, the dark scene's got to move you, man. Yes. The most of the dude. It's yes. Like yes. Sauce. Yeah. I was like, that's awesome. Oh. That's awesome. Favorite band? Guns N' Roses. Ooh, what's your favorite Guns N' Roses song? Paradise City. Okay. Yeah. And kind of cliche, but yeah. for a reason. Yes. It's an incredible song. Yes. Uh, what would be your last meal? Steak and potatoes. Are you going like baked potato or mashed potatoes? What are you thinking? So probably fried. Probably. Oh, I mean, yeah. if, I mean, if I mean, if we're going out, like let's yeah, go. Yeah, like, for the, sure. the yeah, cholesterol totally. doesn't matter at this point. We're going out in a blaze of glory, right? Can you cook those yourself, or yeah. is that like okay? Yeah. So like you know, one of those things like mom was going to make sure you weren't helpless, right? Yeah. Like dude knows. Like dude's been taught how to cook because you can do a good fried potato. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of oil in the skillet. A little bit of oil in the skillet. Um. Blackstone's good for them too. Yes, a little is. little avocado oil out there, you know, because you got to yeah, watch the cholesterol. You, do. you know, the avocado is great. A little little avocado oil, little salt, little pepper. So you're going steak? Are you doing medium? Yeah, medium. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's are come you... down over the years because, like, at twelve, it was like well done. Like, oh yeah, for like sure. please, please yeah, bring yeah. me a plate of shoe leather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it's 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 come down over the years. Like, medium's good. Steak and potatoes. What's your dessert going to be? I'm not a huge dessert guy, but good for you. But but. My, and I just got a, a a cutting board for Christmas with this recipe on it. My mom made a frozen Hershey bar pie, and it is it's on a like a homemade graham cracker crust. Things amazing. That's gonna be your thing. That's it. That's gonna be it. If we're gonna like if we're if we're having a dessert, like that's it. That's a solid choice. It's way better than the mayor's. Oh God, what Josh want? He said uh, he what was that episode tofu. two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, tofu uh, uh, barbecue tofu and broccoli. He runs enough. He can eat, like, real food. Yeah. He like, lo- he lost votes when he said that, I promise. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He, not a very good politician in that sense. You know, politician, <laughs> he knew he knew that Southern people were listening. You should have just said, like, steak and potatoes. Yeah. Or, that's or, what the normal. Yeah. He's yeah. being very honest, and you can trust him. That's a great way of looking at it. I mean, if he's eating tofu that's why they call him admitting honest, it, Josh. he's being honest. <laughs> he is. We tried that. Uh, my wife got the recipe from his wife right. later that day. It was not good. <laughs> so we're going to have to have Kristen come over and show us how to do it. Maybe we mess it up. Gotcha. Uh, what is on your nightstand right now? A Bible and a knockoff hatch alarm. So uh, I'm the world's worst morning person. <laughs> like, like it's not, I don't love you, it. You didn't pick my up wife. that <laughs> Yeah. You didn't pick up that 530? No, time. no. It was like the one thing I'm not going to take away from you is I'm not leaving this house <laughs> at 5 a.m. Yeah. ever. Like if I'm going outside at 5 a.m., the house is on fire. <laughs> like, I do not want to be up that early ever. Uh, give us a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you great joy. 
Just an ordinary moment. Sitting on the couch with Jordan and the kids. Sitting on the couch with Jordan and the kids watching Bluey. Like, like, give me a seven-minute Bluey before bed with all four of them, or all three of them and, and me, and I'm a, I'm a happy guy. Bluey's where it's at, man. Dude, Bluey's amazing. Yeah. Like, like Bluey's, like, we had Barney and junk whenever I was little, and, like, <laughs> yeah. Bluey's so much better than Barney yeah. you ever Bluey's thought about like being. real-life lessons. Yeah, it's like, I'm sitting there, yeah. like, you know, that was, and, like, you know they didn't get it, but it's like, man, like, it's blue, like, Bandit's got it going on. Like, I want to be, like, Bandit when I grow up. Like, that's the kind of dad I need to be, you know? Yeah, you're, like, over there taking notes. Right. Crying in certain episodes. Right, right. Uh, last question. What is one thing that you're deeply grateful for right now? Family. Family. I mean, it, it's just family and people. Like, and, like, I'm I'm one of those, like, I don't think you're, like, I don't think your family's just your blood. Like, and my blood's good. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, 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 like I, I did good in the family department um, from every angle. But I, I've got friends that I think are family, um, you know, blood or not. Like, I, I, I love my people. Like, absolutely love my people. Awesome. Well, Holden, I've really enjoyed getting to hang out with you, man. It's first time. I mean, we've, we've talked before, spoken, yeah, I guess, here yeah. and there, but never really had a chance to sit down and, yeah, and have a yeah. conversation. So yeah. this has been really good for me. I've take, <clears throat> taken away a lot from it. And so thank you for yeah, man. making for space me. to be here. Hopefully uh, we can connect again in the near future. Love to. Love to. Thank you. All right. Holden has left the building. Uh, man, another excellent conversation. Uh, I'm so glad I get to do this. Uh, if for nobody else, it's like yeah. I, I walk away from so many of these conversations and I'm like, man, I'm going to take that away with me. Like there's something, there's always a nugget of truth. There's something I want to apply. There's something I'm, uh, I'm reminded of, you know, being like, you know, entering into my kid's uh, world. You know, the, what he talked about even with, um, you know, if you've experienced loss before, like maybe something really traumatic happened on one birthday, but not yeah. on the other 39 birthdays. Yeah. And if it was traumatic, it's because you lost something that was incredible, like a great gift that you had. So just changing even the perspective on that. So there's just a lot in there uh, that, that I, yeah, like I said, I'm going to take away. And so Holden, thanks so much for making space uh, to be here with us. And those of you that are still listening, thank you for tuning in. If you've not already done so, Go and check us out on different social media platforms or primarily on Instagram and Facebook. Give us a like and a follow there. And uh, do this. if Whatever platform you're listening on right now, if it's Spotify, uh, Apple, whatever it may be, give us really quick. Just give us a five-star rating. That'll help people to find us more quickly and learn about the incredible people that are living right here in our community. So as always, thanks so much for listening. Until next time.